Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's good, everybody? Welcome in to the Early Edge and our Week 7 NFL Mega Preview. Can you believe we've arrived already almost at the end of October when this week is over? Now, six teams on a bye this week. The Bengals, the Cowboys, the Titans, the Jets, the Panthers, and the Texans. That means there are 13 games on the docket, starting with the Jags and the Saints on Thursday night. Now, for those of you brand new to our brand, We have two shows every single weekday and also two shows on Sunday. I encourage you, follow us, give us a like, and also turn on your notifications so every single time a show starts, ding, you get notified and you can come join us live or you can join us on demand. So with all that being said, when we do our mega preview here, we go through every single game, we break down where the value is, and if my guys see a position for a best bet, they will give it out on a Tuesday. And I have two of the absolute best NFL minds in the business. Bring him in now. The stoic one, R.J. White. He runs everything NFL sports sign for us. Then the maestro, Larry Hartstein, is here as well. Gentlemen, I think before we get started, that last week was so bananas. We need to take 15, 20 seconds each to let me know what surprised you the most. Eagles losing. 49ers to the Browns, the Bills not being able to hardly get past the Giants. There was a lot of interesting outcomes. RJ, let's start with you. What surprised me the most was the incredible amount of points that were scored. I don't know if anybody counted all the the games that had more than 40 points. You could count them on two fingers because there was only two. It was a pretty depressing week for any overbetters, so thoughts and prayers to them. Um, and it was a definitely – I know Coach isn't a, isn't a high-volume underbetter, but that's definitely the week where you want to have a lot of unders because a lot of these ugly 20-6 to six type of finals. You're absolutely right. Earlier today, you know, we tape all of our social media videos, and I do that rapid fire, the over-under, and I think I only had two games this coming week that I thought in my head would be an over. I think this week's going to be a lot of unders too. That's a great point. Maestro, what about you? Well, same thing in terms of the scoring, but also the carnage with all the starting quarterbacks. I mean, if you have a healthy starting quarterback, you have a leg up on everyone because it seems, you know, most quarterbacks are dinged up at this point. I mean, Justin Herbert was not himself last night, missed some open throws in that game. Fortunate for me because I was on the Cowboys, but uh, there were plays to be made that he just didn't make. If I'm Keenan Allen, I am ticked off. I was wide open three or four times. One would have been a guaranteed touchdown down the left side. Justin Herbert, he needs to figure out what he's doing. He got paid. He's got to play like a franchise quarterback. Now, our girl Rebecca says, afternoon, everyone. Already picking out my leans for the week and hoping my dudes agree. Well, Rebecca, your dudes 
are ready to get started. So let's go to Thursday Night Football. Jags and the Saints. Uh, Saints are favored by one. Total 39. The Jags coming off a really productive two weeks overseas. Now they come back. Now how are they going to do as they move forward? Nine and two, Maestro, in their last 11 regular season games. And some interesting news came out just a short while ago. You're up. Yeah, and then, then they took care of the Colts when they came back 37-20. to 20. They picked off Gardner Minshew three times. Their offense really didn't play well, even though the scoreboard looks like they did. And this offense hasn't really clicked yet. Trevor Lawrence, the news is a limited practice today, but all the first-team reps, reps still taken by C.J. Beathard. The spread and the money line have crashed. It was Saints minus three, minus 155. That's all the way down to minus 115 and minus one. I don't love the fact, because I'm on the Saints money line, I don't love the fact that it looks like Trevor Lawrence was going to play, but with a sprained knee and wearing a brace, I'm not sure how effective he's going to be. The Saints defense has been awesome all season, and the offense, I think, has a shot to do well because of the Jags injury report. Tyson Campbell, their starting corner, again, did not practice, so he's going to be out most likely, and I think this Saints offense, which was close to having a good game at Houston, I mean, they blow a fourth down conversion, they miss two field goals, the turnovers, this is a spot on a short week after the Jags were in London for two weeks, they come home, now they have to travel, I just think it all sets up for the Saints, who are definitely kicking themselves, they completely outplayed the Texans, and they lose the game on the scoreboard, I'm taking the Saints money line on Thursday night. Here is one positive, RJ, that the Saints can kind of lean into if they want, that depending on how the Tampa Bay-Detroit game we'll get to later plays out, if they win this week, they could be tied for first place in the division. That's a positive. One of the benefits of playing a very easy schedule, which they have. It's interesting that one of these teams scored 37 last week and one scored 13. Because if you don't look at the scoreboard, like Larry was talking about, you just look at the drive charts, you would think it's completely opposite the way it went. The Jags offense had just three drives of more than 25 yards, despite their, 20, their 37 points. New Orleans offense had seven drives of more than 40 yards, despite scoring only 13. So New Orleans really played a lot better than Jacksonville did, despite how, how they scored. New Orleans defense up to fourth in yards per play. They're fourth on third down and eighth in the red zone. I think they can win against an injured Trevor Lawrence. I don't agree with the line move back toward one. I think if Lawrence does play, it's you still have to mark the Jaguars down significantly because he's not going to be full strength. And we've seen these quarterbacks come in when they're not playing at full strength. It, it alters their upside, and you, they're just not going to be the guys that you expect to be out there. So if this was a fully healthy um, Trevor Lawrence, this game should be pick around pick him for me, which is where it is now. If it's a 50% Trevor Lawrence, I think this game should be a little bit north of three. And if it's C.J. Bathard, I think it should be close to seven. So at one, I would lock in the Saints right now. And that's exactly why we do our mega preview on Tuesdays. You monitor as we move, and also you follow my guys on social media and on Sportsline as the week progresses. They're all over it. By the way, if you guys don't mind, take down your chat, hit that like button for me, put it right back up, and keep on chatting away. We love when you guys are active in the chat. Now, speaking of active, the Las Vegas Raiders all of a sudden, now I know, RJ, they haven't looked spectacular. But they are currently three and three. They've won two. And now they go on the road to Chicago team that was starting to trend. And then what happens? Justin Fields gets knocked out. So the Raiders going on the road because of that are favored by three. Your thoughts? 
My thoughts are that the Raiders should not be favored by three against anyone. And it's hard to take them here at minus three. I just could not do it. Of course, I don't really want to play Tyson Bajant. But if um, if a trend, Jimmy G is trending toward not playing in this game, I think I might have to. Just because I don't think that the Brian Hoyer we saw in limited fashion is the guy we're typically going to see. And that's assuming he starts over Aiden O'Connell, which I think they saw enough of in the one start they gave him. Chicago's defense looked great against Minnesota's offense. They gave up one touchdown drive and two long field goals. And that Vegas offense struggled to finish drives against New England. They were one for six in the red zone. So even though they won that game, um, it's not like their offense played great in that game. Um, all they do well is throw. So if Jimmy G is limited or out, then I don't have a lot of confidence in the Vegas offense getting it done against a Chicago defense that you would think is beatable based on their season re- numbers, but they are playing a lot better now that they've gotten healthier and they stepped up last week. So I, I'm waiting to see if this line gets to three and a half. I think I'll take Chicago, even with the uncertainty around Vegas's quarterback, because Vegas just is not good enough to lay three and a half on the road. Um, and then if Garoppolo is trending toward out, I think you want to get on it early because it should come down. Yeah, you really and also to RJ's point, make sure you're following the right media outlets. We see so many bad reports when a quarterback's going out. And right now, there's a lot of quarterbacks that could be in, could be out, get the right information. My show, your thoughts on this game. I'm not as low on Tyson Badgen as as some people might be. I mean, he threw for 17,000 yards in Division Two. He had a great senior bowl against top-level competition, and he did not look completely overmatched against the Vikings. 10 of 14, 83 yards. Yes, he had a bad pick. Yes, he got a strip sack for a fumble, but Justin Fields holds the ball too long, and that's why he got hurt on that play. And he also ran for a touchdown. If you read the quotes coming out of Chicago – Everybody loves this kid. I mean, they are psyched to play for him. They are. They want to go out and make plays for him. So, yes, if Jimmy G can't play, which it looks like, I definitely will be looking at the Bears plus the three because, as RJ mentioned, the defense got healthier uh, entering last week, and then they showed up against Minnesota. Speaking of the word healthy, our next game, Deshaun Watts has been out for a couple of weeks. The Colts find out that Anthony Richardson, their dynamic, fantastic athlete who's shown Really some incredible signs this week. Shoulder issues could be gone for the season, probably will be gone for the season. But the Browns somehow, Maestro, last week used their dominant defense and it's all time historic dominant so far this season to beat the 49ers widely thought of as the best team in football right now. So their favorite on the road two and a half in Indianapolis total is 39. You're up first. Historic is right, coach. A thousand and two yards allowed through five games. That's the most, that's the fewest, excuse me, in something like 50 years. That's how dominant this Browns defense is. And then, you know, I bet on Gardner Minshew last week and I'm still kicking myself about it, but him against this Browns defense is not a good matchup at all. So, yes, even with P.J. Walker, the Browns should be favored. If Deshaun Watson plays, and he's right around the four-week window when he got hurt, which is what they estimated, and he says he's hopeful, but if he plays, this line will definitely close over a field goal. But right now, I would definitely lean towards the Browns because P.J. Walker was terrible, but it was against a very, very strong 49ers defense. That guy is 5-3 and three as a starter now. He, he won some games for Carolina last year. He can throw the deep ball. I would play the Browns here. If I would have told you five weeks ago, RJ, that we'd see a matchup of P.J. Walker, who I called in the XFL three or four years ago, and Gardner Minshew, what would you have said? I'd have said, is it April? Is it March? What, what spring league are we watching? 
because uh, that's what these two quarterbacks belong in. Um, Minshew was a train wreck. I don't know how it gets better versus this great defense. Walker struggled as expected, but Cleveland run offense looked good at least. So maybe they, that will help out. Indy's D is not highly ranked, but they allowed 3.8 yards to Jacksonville despite the scoreboard there we talked about. Um, I think they're a very underrated defense. Cleveland defense, of course, first in yards per play, fourth in yards per rush, second in yards per pass, first on third down. I don't see how points are scored in this game. It's it's tough to go low, uh, go under on low totals that are in indoor games because the you know, the elements are not going to be a factor and they can play fast, but I just don't trust these offenses. So if I'm playing this game, it's probably going to be the under, and I just can't see laying points until I know that PJ Walker is not going to be on the field. Rebecca in the chat, Rick in the chat, a couple of others. They agree with you, RJ. This feels like an under game. It's just so difficult when there's a three in front of that total to play the under. It's just hard to do, hard to do. Now, this next one is your squad, RJ, and you guys had a big-time, ugly, under game. It was actually my the subject of my what-are-you-doing segment this week on social media because the Giants, boy, did they bungle that one up. But the Bills come in 4-2. and two. They're laying 8.5 on the road against a Patriots team. That's an absolute mess. Did we ever think Bill Belichick would go out like this? But should the Bills, the way their offense is playing – be laying eight and a half to anybody right now. No, I don't think so. I don't I didn't think they should be laying more than 14 to anybody last week. And that's why I had the Giants plus 14 and a half as a pick on the site. And I wish I would have put it in best bets and on in on all the contests because I, I I thought that the Giant the Bills um the defense would struggle. Um and it turned out it was the offense that struggled. Um so it's an interesting way to get there for that game. Um New England offense had a couple of good drives against Vegas, but they're still 29th in yards per play. Uh that beat up Buffalo defense allowed 10 of 19 third down conversions to the Giants. The Giants really should have scored some more points in that game. I think a functional offense beats Buffalo on Sunday night football. Um, but I don't know if you can call New England's offense functional based on what we've seen from them the entire season. Uh, the Buffalo line last last week was a lot of whack with the state of their defense. I think this is similar. I think you're right. Um, it, it's too many points to lay for a team that's not playing that well, even against a team that's been awful. So I would lean to New England plus eight and a half. It's interesting that Buffalo's won four straight against New England by at least 10 points. That you know that just tells me Belichick doesn't care. This team has been beating them up and down the field year in and year out now for four four straight games and if he has a pulse left he should be you know want to get some revenge here and and scheme up something to to keep this one close um so we'll see if that is actually the case or if he's just checked out and doesn't care based on the performance of this team so far i know he would never let anybody know he's a you know obviously a multi-time super bowl champion but he's got to hear the chirping larry he's got to hear the chirping that it was all about tom brady and since tom brady left they've done absolutely nothing in the last three or four years and at one in five is this the bottom it's interesting you bring up tom brady because 2001 when brady took over that's the last time the patriots have been home dogs of this number they have not been a home dog of this many points in that long and that was brady's first home starter first year as the starter mac jones 0 and 12 straight up 0 and 12 against the spread as an underdog in his last 12 starts so i mean there is nothing you can say positive he may Threw a great ball, though, to Devontae Parker. They probably would have won the game if Devontae Parker catches a perfectly thrown ball from Mac Jones. But the thing that worries me, RJ, as opposed to taking the points, is the Patriots lost two more edge rushers. They already had lost their two best defenders. So now that defense, which was the strong point of the team, uh, is in trouble injury-wise. They had 17 players on the injury report last week. I think it's Buffalo. I think Buffalo's offense finally wakes up. 
Uh, my man, Ben, uh, who's been on the show before, says, as a non-Pats fan living in New England, I'm thoroughly enjoying it. Ben, I lived in Connecticut for 20 years. WWE, ESPN, it drove me crazy during the Tom Brady era to live in the Northeast. It's got to be glorious now. Now, real quick, guys, I know you both have a teaser coming up later in the show, but we always look at eight and a half as a perfect teaser number. Would the Bills be a good tease spot here? Either one. Not for me. Not on the road. Not with how they looked on Sunday night. Not with the injuries on defense. Not with the offense struggling in that game against a really bad defense. I just, I, I can't have, can't have confidence in them coming out of this game with a win. My I, I disagree, Coach. I think it is a good teaser spot. It's not my favorite teaser leg. I have two other games I like better, but yeah, I'm not opposed to that at all. All right. Very, very good. All right, so four down and nine games to go. But at CBS, you know we're not just about the NFL. No, 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 no. We are all over college football as well. From the world of Sonic the Hedgehog, a new hero arrives. I am ready. Is there anyone stronger? No. Tougher? No. Funnier? I do not make jokes. I make warriors. Knuckles, now streaming only on Paramount+. Plus. Yes! You ready for this? Yeah. If is the most original and heartfelt movie in years. Magic like this comes around once in a lifetime. This Friday, experience it with your whole family. Can we do it again? If ready PG. So many under the radar good games on CBS Sports Network. It's very, very easy. Download the CBS Sports app. Those are tabs up there. If you want to see my guys on HQ, hit HQ. If you want to watch those games on the network, hit the network. It is that easy. It is on one app. All right, gentlemen, let's go to the NFC East and the Washington Commanders coming off a big win last week, and they're laying one and a half on the road against the Giants. Now, New York on Sunday, uh, they quoted Daniel Jones as saying he's got a lot of pain still in that neck and left area, but he's hoping he would love to be able to feel good enough to play this week. The total is at 39 and a half. Maestro, Washington right now, when you look at the – the standings they are two back of philadelphia but they've got to be feeling better about themselves because of how the eagles have looked yeah and that was a big win for them in atlanta even though they may not have deserved that they just got lucky that desmond ritter was the quarterback for the falcons but you know, there's a looks like there might even be a controversy with some of the giants reportedly preferring tyrod taylor over daniel jones i mean you just signed him to all that money and if he's ready to go obviously he will be back in as the starter but that's not a good sign heading into this game i think the giants emptied their you know their gas tanks in that game they put forth a massive effort they deserve better uh you know a terrible play call at the end of the first half and i think that carries over a little bit i would look at the commanders especially because the Giants missed more tackles in the secondary than any team in the NFL. And now you got to deal with McLaurin and Dotson and Samuel, uh, who are very, very elusive. So I think that's going to be a problem for the Giants. I was shocked that with a veteran quarterback like Tyrod Taylor, that he would check out of the pass option to run to Saquon Barkley. Just a dumb play. And, of course, Brian Dayball, he never misses an opportunity, RJ, to throw his guys under the bus. But the Giants have to somehow forget about that and come back home and refocus. 
Yeah, I would I would disagree that they have to deal with Jahan Dotson. Nobody's had to deal with Jahan Dotson this year. He's been completely non-existent in the offense. As so somebody that has him in a fantasy league, I can tell you that much. Um, the Washington had minus 1.2 yards per play differential against Atlanta, 193 total yards, 2 of 10 on third down. They did not play well at all. Turnover saved them there. I think it's a team we should be looking to fade coming out of a performance like that. I know it is hard to back the Giants catching, catching just a short number. You want to catch a lot more points with them. Their D did look better. Obviously, we know Buffalo struggled, struggled in that game. Washington offense 24th in yards per play 20 27th uh, on defense i mean i don't know how a team like that can be favored on the road so you know if i'm picking this game it's going to be the giants at plus one and a half or plus whatever we get because just the washington on the road a team with that profile is just not something i want to i want it back all right fair enough fair enough moving on another 1 p.m eastern game and whoever wins this game gentlemen will come out of it in first place in the NFC South. Now, I'll give Baker Mayfield a lot of credit. He owned their pitiful six-point performance against Detroit on Sunday. He says, hey, we got to be better, and it starts with me. I appreciate that. So now the Bucks back at home this week. They're laying two and a half, total 38 and a half, according to BetMGM, the king of all sports books. And Maestro, oh, RJ, let's start with you because this is one part of your teaser this week. Yeah, the Falcons don't get blown out. They don't blow anybody out. So if you can catch points in, in the two and a half range in a Falcons game, you want to tease them up. So I'm teasing them up to eight and a half. The offense had a strong game minus the interceptions, as we just talked about. The pass offense starting to click two games now. We'll see if they can continue that on the road, which, you know, Desmond Ritter has struggled there. Uh, Tampa Bay's defense does well in the red zone, but they could not slow down the Detroit pass offense. And we know Detroit's been dealing with a lot of injuries. Tampa Bay's run defense is has been elite in four or five games, but they were annihilated by Philly. And, and Atlanta seems like the type of team with their run backs in their offensive line that could replicate some of that. So I'm not necessarily thinking that Atlanta is destined to have a bad run day here. Tampa Bay's offense having trouble with good defenses. Um, as we've seen in the Eagles game, we saw in the game last week, Atlanta is sixth in yards per play, second on third downs, and sixth in the red zone. Profiling is a very good defense this year. Some of that is the teams they've played, but it's not like the Buccaneers are a very strong team either. Um, with Atlanta playing better, um, I want it back. Atlanta plus two and a half is solid. Would want to wait for the three, but but at that plus two and a half number, got to tease it up. So Teasing it through the three and the seven through teaser rally, and we're getting it a plus eight and a half. And we will release the other part of that teaser coming up just a little bit later. Now, when you look at it, and Atlanta has played one more game than the Bucks, Larry, but they've been outscored by 21 points this year, and the Bucks have outscored their opponents by two. So playing a little different way to get to where they are right now. How are you handicapping this game? Well, the Falcons are on the road. It's a place they haven't won since September of last year. I think it's 12 straight uh, losses on the road uh, or eight straight. I'm not even sure, but they have not won since they won in Seattle in September of 22. Desmond Ritter has not won a road start. And if you saw, Coach, if you saw those interceptions that he threw, those were two of the worst interceptions that you will ever see, and that shouldn't happen to an NFL quarterback. Uh, it was just ridiculous. They can't even get the play calls in on time. They take a crucial delay of game I do not want to back uh, the Bucks laying a big number but less than three I would lean to Tampa Bay that was an elite De Detroit Lions defense that they had to go up against yes last you know uh, this past week the Falcons are better defensively than they have been last year but I definitely lean Tampa just because of Desmond Ritter that's a very, very good point and I think we're seeing across the NFL whether it's young quarterbacks young quarterbacks getting hurt, Veteran quarterbacks getting hurt pay very, very close attention to the game before you bet it because you just never know who's playing, who's playing well. Dig a little deeper like my guys do. Now, this next game is two teams 
playing pretty well. They're both first place teams. The Lions tie for the best excuse me, the best record in the entire NFL, 5-1. and one. The Ravens first place in the AFC North at 4-2, and two, and they are favored here. Interesting, favored by three. The total is 42. Now, Maestro, let me come right back to you because this is one of your teaser legs today. Explain. Yeah, I'm going to tease the Lions up to plus nine. They're up to number two in DVOA. And, you know, David Montgomery was out, or he will be out, excuse me, but Jameer Gibbs is supposed to be back, and Jared Goff is playing great football. And this, the weather is not supposed to be bad in Baltimore. You know that he plays worse on the road, but a lot of those are when it's cold and windy. Right now, the weather does not look to be a factor in that game at Baltimore. Now, the Ravens could actually be 6-0. and Their offense moved up and down the field. They just are not clicking in the red zone. Very curious play calling when they get right close to the goal line and they can't punch it in. They should have covered that game so easily in London. They ended up covering, uh, very fortunate to cover. But I just think the Lions are still not getting the respect for what they are right now. They're on an amazing run dating to the end of last season. Uh, Their only loss this season came in overtime. So I'm going to take them plus the nine as the first part of my teaser. Yeah, very interesting there. A lot of good information. I was driving around today, RJ, and it was a local, it was a national radio show. I can't even remember which one, but they were talking about what Meister just said, the disrespect that the Detroit Lions are getting. Jared Goff, I think his numbers or his number to win the MVP currently is north of plus 2,000 for a guy who's playing great football, but we don't think of that when it comes to Jared Goff. This Lions team, the only loss they have, RJ, is an overtime loss to the Seahawks. Your thoughts? Yeah, they were dominant again on the road despite their injuries. This is a step up in caliber of opponent here. Baltimore's defense, second in yards per play, first in yards per pass, fourth in sack rate, and second in the red zone. This is going to be a very tough defense of test um, for, for Jerry Goff to solve here. Detroit's offense struggled with the run against Tampa, um, and we, you know, Craig Reynolds now at running back to compliment Jameer Gibbs if he plays, maybe not even be at 100% there. So we'll see how the running game does there. Still have a very strong offensive line. Detroit's defense, sixth in yards per pass, second in yards per run, getting it done on, on both uh, aspects of defense, but they just faced Atlanta, Green Bay, Carolina, Tampa Bay. Not exactly a murderer's row of opponents there. They did give up 393 yards to Seattle, and they were helped by the Kelsey injury in the Kansas City game and all those receivers dropping passes when Kelsey was pulled out of that lineup pretty pretty soon, close to uh, game time. I think it was around 48 hours when the news broke that he was uh, injured, so they couldn't really adjust what they were doing. So, um, I, you know, I, I, I'm not, I don't want to say that they're a paper tiger. I think that they're very good. Um, I don't know if they're 5-1 and one good, um, but uh, we'll see. They, this is definitely a chance for them to prove it. My power ratings do lean toward them. I do have both of these teams even in power ratings, and I only give Baltimore one and a half points for home field. So they say to lean to Detroit here. But if the injury report trends bad, as it has over the last few weeks, I'm going to be safe and probably stay away from the game. All right. As always, pay attention throughout the week because whenever you have injuries or you don't know who's going to play, very, very important. We cannot emphasize that enough. Now, we've gotten a very good response as we're kind of in the I, – I call it the baby stage of our relationship with Bet MGM. We're still collecting, still getting people to sign up, but we're actively working with them to come up with really fun things throughout the basketball season into baseball and beyond. But if you haven't signed up yet, Come on. New BetMGM customers can sign up today and get a $200 in bonus bets. Just place your first wager of at least $10, and you'll receive $200 instantly in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome with bonus code EDGE200. That is bonus code EDGE200. And trust me, we hear you. We hear you, and we are working on it. Sometimes it takes some time, but we will figure this out. I promise you, and it will be fun. Next game, 1 o'clock Eastern. 
interesting. Interesting, interesting. Steelers at the Rams. I got to make sure I have that time correct. I think it is 4 p.m. Eastern. Let me look here real quick because sometimes we have the t- – the. all right, here we go. So – uh, yeah, it's 4.05, excuse me, 4.05 Eastern, t- or Eastern time. So now we're into the 4 o'clock games. I apologize. I had it written down wrong. So the Rams are favored by three. The Steelers, I think, I was a little bit surprised as I was doing my research for the show, that they are a 500 team. In the last column, they're tied with the Ravens. So maybe, maybe they're not as bad as we thought. But, RJ, let me come to you because L.A., when they've looked good this year, They've looked really, really good. And now Cooper Cup is back, which can only help. Yeah, I came into this game coming off the bye wanting to like Pittsburgh. They're actually better than five, than 500. They're 3-2, and two, which, you know, with how they've played and how the offense has looked, you would not believe. I think they're playing over um, what they've shown on the field. Their record does not really indicate that. Rams defense coming into the year seemed bad. They're 11th in yards per pass and 9th in red zone rate. They're actually playing pretty well despite a collection of a lot of no-names on that defense. Pittsburgh's offense, on the other hand, 32nd in the red zone and 27th in yards per play. I don't know if the bye week really fixes that. Deontay Johnson will be back. That will help, but it's not like he's a super impact player like a Cooper Cup that is going to transform this offense. Um, and uh, maybe if they let him call plays, he might transform the offense, but that's not going to happen there. The Rams offense now eighth in yards per play coming off a big game. Cup looks unstoppable. Um, he also have Puka Nakua to break out whenever they need. Um, he looked unstoppable when he was running the offense there. The running back injuries for the Rams may make the offense a little more one-dimensional. You know, they're probably going to be going to, to um, you know, practice squad type of, of talents there at running back, but I don't think it really matters for Sean McVay scheming up against this Pittsburgh defense that isn't really stopping the pass anyway. I think the Rams are going to score points here, um, and it seems like Pittsburgh might not be able to keep up based on how solid this Rams defense was doing. So even though I want to like Pittsburgh off the bye, I can't do it. I'm making Rams minus three a best bet because I think this is going to close north of three. Okay, let's come over to you, Maestro, because the Steelers going on the road, if they can, I mean, we saw it last week, Browns, Jets, we can't count anybody out right now when it comes to the NFL. How much of a chance did the Steelers have? Well, the Steelers do come off the bye, but the Rams basically had a bye because they hosted the Cardinals. So they're just staying at home and getting to wait for the Steelers, which is a much more legitimate opponent. They don't have Kyron Williams. They don't have Ronnie Rivers, their top two running backs. And one of their starting cornerbacks got arrested on a concealed weapons charge after the game. I do not know his status, Darian Kendrick. But aside from that, not having the running backs might be a good thing. When you have Matthew Stafford throwing to Nakua and Cooper Cup and some other good weapons on on that team. This is an electric passing offense. I mean, Cooper Cup is an MVP type of player, and you see the impact he's made in just two games. So, yeah, even getting Deontay Johnson back, I mean, in a passing league, you know, Matthew Stafford against Kenny Pickett, yeah, I'll lay it with the Rams. All right, I think I will too. Now, there's one more game at 4.05 Eastern time, and that is the Arizona Cardinals traveling to Seattle to take on the Seahawks, who for about three quarters against Cincinnati looked like they might win that game, and then they'd get inside the red zone and turn the ball over. It was just, I'm glad I was on a plane home from London and I wasn't watching the game. I was looking at it on my phone. Seahawks, seven and a half with that hook. Arizona, they led early in the game last week and then the Rams just blew them out in the second half. Total 44 and a half. You both have the Seahawks as your back end. Maestro, let's start with you of your teaser. Why the Seahawks? 
Well, I'll probably lay it straight up with the Seahawks as well because the Cardinals are descending to what we thought they were going to be entering the season and losing James Conner, just a brutal blow, and Josh Dobbs kind of reverting to what he we thought he was. And uh, now the Seahawks secondary, I mean, with Devon, Devin Witherspoon and Woolen and Jamal Adams, this is a legit defense. They completely outplayed the Bengals, couldn't score. They got down inside the 15 like three times, first and 10, and got nothing out of it. Probably should have won that game, and I think if they win that game, this line probably opens nine, nine and a half, um, which is, I think, where it should be. That's how much better the Seahawks should be at home against this Arizona team, which played great for a few weeks to start the season, showed a lot of grit, but now I think it's the level is starting to even out. So, yeah, the Seahawks as part of a teaser, minus one and a half. That way you don't have to lay over a touchdown. It feels like the perfect spot, Larry. And, RJ, you also agree. I mean, Seahawks, when you look at the way Arizona's playing right now, you want to have less than a, than a field goal. And a, it, we never use the word lock. I hate using the word lock, but it feels like it. Yeah, I would take Seattle minus 7.5, too. My power ratings have it at 9. Um, I agree with that stance, but definitely tease it down to 1.5 at this number. Make it second leg of the teaser. Seattle dominated Cincy in stats in that game. They were killed by that fourth quarter interception that led to a long field goal for Cincy. And then Seattle had those two drives end on downs. Um, couldn't get a touchdown that they needed. But they should have covered. They should have won the game. Their defense is ninth in yards per play, first versus the run, but awful 30th on third down and 32nd in the red zone. Um, still impressive locking down Cincy. Had two good first drives. And then basically got nothing the rest of the game. Arizona's offense moved the ball versus the Rams, could not finish drives, and uh, the defense fell apart in the second half. Now that the Seahawks defense is mostly healthy, I think they contain this offense. I think they win this game by double digits. So I would lay it with seven, seven and a half, but definitely making it second leg of the teaser is a very safe option. All right. And do it when the guys tell you to do it. The reason we give out very few best bets here, the guys absolutely, absolutely love it to do it. So I would put it in today and not wait until it goes up to a number because there's really important numbers in a teaser that you want to go through. The guys have had this as a perfect teaser, perfect analysis. Now, I told you CBS, we love college football. We do. We love the NFL. We do. We also love the other football. And there are so many different organizations, leagues that we have at Paramount Plus and CBS. Also, what do we say on the show all the time? Siri, ah. I love Syria soccer out here on Saturday morning, 6 a.m. You wake up, you're watching it live. Now, do we really want to wake up and watch this next game, gentlemen? 425 Eastern on Sunday. The Broncos, who have been terrible, pathetic, and all of a sudden, all those quotes from Sean Payton are starting to resurface as he took shots at Nathaniel Hackett in the offseason. He's in the hot seat. Here come the Green Bay Packers. Laying one, total 44 and a half. RJ, let me come back to you. This is one of your best bets. Yeah, we want to watch it because we have a best bet in the game. I'm taking Packers minus one. Their offense has been mediocre. We just saw Jordan Love be looking terrible, like the worst quarterback you've ever seen, which I think is keeping this line in check a little bit. Hopefully the bye week will help them reset. Getting some guys healthy, particularly Aaron Jones, would be a massive deal for them. The matchup should also help. Denver's defense still 32nd in yards per play by a mile. One of the worst defenses I think we've ever seen. I think the DVOA, um, Aaron Schatz ranked him as like the second worst all time through six weeks. Um, so it, it's uh, through where he goes back, which is I think into the mid eighties or maybe late seventies. So it is just a train wreck on defense for Denver. Their offense continues to rake well, but as I said, in the, the first couple of weeks when they ranked well, 
they just don't look impressive at all. You know, they're putting some long drives together. They can't go downfield consistently. And um, and we saw it again this last week. Green Bay's defense, ninth in yards per pass, solid versus the run. I think this is likely another game where Denver tops out at 20 points and Green Bay can get to 24-plus in it with LaFleur having two weeks of prep for this game because the Denver home field advantage, frankly, has not mattered this year. We thought it would matter early in the season. They lost both their games to open the year at home. I'm not really worried about their home field here. Give me Green Bay minus one. When you're coming off a game, Larry, where you score eight points, and the biggest storyline for your team is Jerry Judy arguing with Steve Smith from the NFL Network, who doesn't even play anymore, that's a problem, no? Yeah, that's a big problem. I think that team is in real disarray with not a lot of hope for the rest of the season, whereas the Packers still have a lot to build on. They haven't even had Aaron Jones, their captain. He's so dynamic, both as a rusher and as a passer. He opens things up, and this was a good time for the bye week, I believe, for Jordan Love. And what's also nice is he doesn't have to face a guy like Max Crosby, who totally you know, got in his face and disrupted that game against the Raiders when they lost before the bye. Uh, this is not a, a, a pass rush. You have have to be afraid of with the Broncos. I mean, Gregory is gone. Clark is gone. They have a couple of young guys, Benito and Cooper, but there's not much there in terms of a pass rush. So I think it's going to be a nice comeback type of a game for Jordan Love and especially for Aaron Jones. All right. So we go from one AFC West team to two AFC West teams. And look how different the last, I don't know, five days have been for some of the Chargers players and some of the Chiefs players. Well, L.A., they laid an egg last night, and, well, Justin Herbert couldn't hit a wide open Keenan Allen all night, and he still had, what, eight catches for 100 yards despite being overthrown. And then you go to the Kansas City Chiefs. They win 19-8, to and Travis Kelsey goes on a world tour. He's in New York hanging out with his bae, Taylor Swift. Then he goes and watches his brother play Eagles against the Jets. Then they travel down the Jersey Turnpike. He and his brother are at the Phillies baseball game last night on a Monday. Then he flies back home today, right back at it this week. That's how you live as a celebrity. Mask as the best tight end in football. Now, Chiefs laying five and a half at home against 48. And Maestro, as I come back to you, the way I watched the Chargers play last night, I can't play them. But the Chiefs never cover unless it's a last-second field goal from north of 50 yards to win by 11 when the spread's 10.5. What do I do? Yeah, these Chargers-Chiefs games seem to always come down to the last possession, so I would definitely lean Chargers, but I like the under better. This total is coming down, but we still have a key number at 48. The Chiefs defense has been awesome pretty much all season, and the Chargers defense, to me, uh, straightened it out a little bit. That was an impressive performance last night uh, that they had against the Cowboys. They didn't let the Cowboys do much, and Khalil Mack obviously is a force to be reckoned with, so I just think the Chiefs defense still not quite appreciated for how good it is, and they had the extra rest so i'm gonna go under the total if they can continue rj to play as good as what maestro just said the chiefs at five and one and i'm sitting on that 11 and a half win total in my queue i can't wait to catch that they could be as we move along the best team in the afc not pretty but they could be the best your thoughts 
Very much could be. I also have that over 11 and a half. So I'm, I'm looking forward to catching that too. If they can keep this up, they outgained Denver by 192 yards. The game was not as close as 19 to eight, some weather stuff there, some, uh, you know, selling for field goals there. Um, but they're a much better team than the chargers. I still have them as ranked as one of the top two or three best teams in the league as a plus seven in power ratings. I have the chargers as a flat, even, I don't think you can, the, with, even with the talent they have to consider them better than average, because that's just the team that they represent week in and week out when they show up on the field. And so I, uh, I think there's a seven point difference between these teams on a neutral field. I definitely think there's more with the chiefs being favored. I think this line has to be seven. And the only reason it's not is because the familiarity between these teams and the history we think of in these games, but Kansas city is just so much better than them that if I'm going to play it, I've got to go with Kansas city here. Their offense is first and sack rate fourth on third down. Those are the two situations where chargers actually are respectable. Um, and so if the, the chiefs can neutralize that a little bit, they're going to just blow the Chargers defense, which has been terrible against a lot of teams out of the water. Um, even though the offense really just seems great rather than truly elite as they have in the past. But just being a great offense is a nice floor to have. I would have loved to see a, the Buffalo offense look simply great this past week. So I think the line's going to go up. I think they should be at least seven. I would get it now at minus five and a half because these two teams are not in the same weight class. There's no doubt about that. The Chiefs have also are going to basically have 10 days off and the Chargers are going to have six. They played Monday night, Chiefs haven't played since last Thursday. That's a big difference when you're talking week seven, week eight, week nine, when injuries start to become an issue. Fatigue starts to become an issue. Gentlemen, 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 Sunday night football. It has the potential to be the game of the year to this point. Certainly the game of the week. The Philadelphia Eagles, first place in the NFC East. The Miami Dolphins playing great offensive football. Their only kind of stub of the toe was against Buffalo, and they allowed 48 points. But, boy, have they become incredibly popular. So the Eagles are laying very, very small number, minus one and a half. How much is it about last week in New York? Well, we're going to find out. The total sitting at 52. So let me come back to you, RJ. How much do you think this number is? is reflective of what the Eagles could not do getting beat by the Jets. Yeah, and they really had a minus three turnover day, and that should have won. And then it became a minus four turnover day with one of the ugliest interceptions you'll see Jalen Hurts ever throw. He completely gave that game away. There's no reason the Eagles should have lost that game. This is a good rebound spot. Miami's defense, 19th in yards per play, only 31st in interception rate. You would not expect him to throw bad interceptions in this game. Miami has faced several bad offenses on defense, um, so that kind of um, boosts their numbers a little bit. They gave up 34 to the Chargers. They gave up 48 to the Bills. If an offense is really running on all cylinders, it should be able to put up points against this defense. Um, Philly's defense top eight in yards per pass and yards per rush. I don't know if they get stops even with that, considering how great Miami's offense is. If you're looking at the yards per play metric, the, the drop off from Miami at number one to Buffalo at number two is greater than the drop off from Buffalo at number two to the Giants at number 32. Wow. The, there's a bigger gap between the top two teams in the league than there is for the rest of the league. So Miami's offense is literally lapping the field at this point. I think this one comes down to who has the ball last or key injury availability. I, I would look to tease Miami up because I don't think they're out of any game. Um, but uh, I, you know, I would lean to Philly on this number, but I don't love it. Maestro last week to kind of illustrate a little bit of what RJ is talking about. Miami was down 14 to nothing to the Carolina Panthers. They then went on to outscore them 42 to seven the rest of the game. It doesn't even phase them to be down 14 in a game. It might against the Eagles, though. Your thoughts? Yeah, and it might on the road. At home, two of 15 and five against the number, but slightly under 500 on the road. But this, to me, is a potentially good matchup with all the injuries the Eagles are dealing with. You know, they have not had 
any cornerback that started the season for the Eagles has not played every game yet is what I meant to say. Reed Blankenship gets hurt again. Will Darius Slay come back? I mean, they have so many injuries. And what about Lane Johnson, maybe the most important offensive lineman in all of football, dealing with an ankle sprain? Probably he'll try to play through it. But this Eagles team is very banged up. And I think that's why we're seeing money come in on the Dolphins. For me right now, slightly into Miami. All right. It's going to be a lot of fun. The nice thing is because it's such a big game and it's Sunday night, you can kind of see how your day goes with your plays. And hopefully you've got a little profit and then you can play the side that you want to play. Final game of the week. And this will be interesting to see how the 49ers bounce back, go on the road for a second straight week. They lose to the Browns after a last second field goal goes to the right. Debo knocked out of that game. CMC knocked out of that game. On the other side, Minnesota, the Vikings, they have not been good at all. And now they've been playing, at least starting last week, without Justin Jefferson for at least four weeks. Who knows? Perhaps longer. So, Maestro, let me start with you. The 49ers, six and a half on the road in Minnesota on Monday Night Football. That feels like a lot after not even getting past the Browns. To me, it feels light if you've got CMC and Debo and Trent Williams. Those are the three guys you got to watch. And if you've got Trent Williams plus one of those two, it also still feels a little bit light to me because Brock Purdy, you know, that was in the elements against the best defense in football. Now you're going indoors, perfect conditions against a below average defense and an offense that we saw not do much against the Chicago Bears. So to me, less than a touchdown is going to be very attractive if two of those three guys are back Mm -hmm. let's go to you rj have i mean we talk about a game that hinges on two of the best players in football this would be the game do you agree with maestro well, I would take contention with the fact that Minnesota is one of the worst defenses in football. They actually ranked 12th in yards per play, and they've actually played a, a string of pretty solid offenses. Um, I, I think Philly was one of those games. Um, I, I, I can't remember the other ones, but I remember when I when I had those in my notes last week. They were actually pretty solid. Um, they offense had nothing against a bad Chicago defense without Jefferson. 4.0 yards per play. Some of that was Chicago getting healthy. San Francisco's defense now 30 yards per play. They were wore down by Cleveland's offensive line and field goals. Um, that could be you know, a situation here in this this uh, this game where that happens too. Minnesota's D, I think, is much better than they're giving credit for, like I said, but they are definitely not on Cleveland's level. So I do think San Francisco's offense can rebound if they have some of those key guys in. If CMC is trending out, wait and take San Francisco off the line, drops a little bit, but I would lean towards San Francisco in this game. Um, you know, I said last week that I wanted to take Cleveland after the line shot up because it just seemed like a terrible spot for San Francisco. And then I chickened out and did not put it in on the site, which I should have um, <laughs> in that game because it was a low scoring game. I just couldn't do it with PJ Walker, but I definitely should have. Um, this seems like a good rebound spot for the 49ers against primetime Kirk Cousins. And we know how that works out. Um, and now he doesn't have Justin Jefferson on his side. So it could be an ugly day for Kirk here. We say it all the time. It's all about information. This business is about information. I know there's some of you, and I see one particular person in the chat that thinks it's all about picks. It's about information using the picks for yourself. Now, at Sportsline, we've got a ton of great cappers who have a ton of great information. Quit making it about, oh, I'm just looking at a team. It's about information. So why don't you take the time and become a Sportsline member instead of just complaining? And I'm going to do you a solid right here, right now. And thank you to the chat for handling that for me. I appreciate it. 60% off a quarterly plan. That's three months. Use a promo code COACH. We have signed up hundreds in the last month, and everybody is happy because they understand we have a really smart fan base that, you use the information to your advantage. Download that QR code or sportsline.com slash join. Now, 
as we recap our best bets and our teasers. Maestro, how about we start with you this week? What is your best bet and outline your teaser for me? Well, even if Trevor Lawrence suits up on Thursday night football, he's going to be limited by that sprained knee going into a very angry and frustrated Saints team that probably should have won in Houston and the Jags missing one of their starting cornerbacks. I think it sets up for a nice spot for the Saints to get the win with that great defense that they have. And then for my teaser, the Detroit Lions getting nine points. They only have one loss that came in overtime. Now they're facing a very good opponent in the Ravens, but the Lions defense is for real. Jared Goff has played brilliantly in the weather should not be a big factor so i think the lions keep it close and then the seahawks they should roll the cardinals but just to be safe take them down to minus one and a half against the cardinals team that's finally reverting to their level absolutely you give me a lions plus nine against any team boy i love that teaser rj you're up I have the Rams minus three. I wanted to like Pittsburgh coming off a bye. I couldn't do it. The defense is not playing well. The offense is what it is with Matt Canada calling the plays. Rams passing offense looking really good and defense looking surprisingly good. I think that line should be north of three. So I like Rams minus three. I like Packers minus one, even on the road, even with Jordan Love looking terrible in his last game because they are going to be healthier coming out of the bye. Aaron Jones hopefully going to play. Denver's defense looking like one of the worst in history. Um, so they should be able to score points in that game in Denver's offense. I don't think we'll keep up against a solid Packers defense. I also have a teaser Falcons plus eight and a half. All they do is play close games. Expect this one to be close here, especially with a very solid and a little bit underrated defense there. So I think they can um, they can backstop uh, even if Desmond Ritter plays poorly on the road. And then I also have Seahawks minus one and a half. I do agree it's going to be a blowout. I would believe we're going to take everybody's going to take them in Survivor and, and we're going to be guilty of it too. So they better win that game. Um, <laughs> but at minus one and a half, I think that they're easily going to cover that number and they should they should win by double digits. I read somewhere, and I know you have an amazing survivor content, and you're always you're all over the survivor pools. I read somewhere, RJ, that I don't I don't remember the percentage, but it was pretty high. Almost every uh, of, of survivor pools that ended last week, or like ninety percent, were knocked out with the Eagles and the 49ers in one week. Isn't that incredible? Yeah, it, it depends on the pool. Uh, a lot of people use their 49ers pick on the, the Cardinals in week four, so they didn't, they didn't have them to use there. A lot of people are saving the Eagles to use later in the year um, on some of these trouble weeks. Um, so I don't know that a ton of people use them. Um, and Buffalo would have been would have been terrible for people. I think they were 25% in the DraftKings pool we're in, um, and, and they survived there, so just barely. So congratulations to anybody who used them on that week. Uh, a lot of us got by with a little bit easier picks. on the. Uh, we had the Rams in particular, so. If you are wondering how to do anything or be educated, if you're brand new to NFL betting, I implore you, we don't gouge you. We're not asking for 100 It's literally $10 a month after we give you 6% off. We believe in building a huge community because RJ and Larry at Sportsline are the two smartest NFL names that we have. This is such a hard thing. And I'm going to give you guys some homework this week. I want you to write down. A lot of the numbers that we talked about here, see how they change up to Sunday and understand how much time, how much effort, how much knowledge goes in, not to just our show, but this business in general. You're going to get better numbers or worse numbers, but I want you to take a look at it and do a lot of the work for yourself. You'll become a smart better that way and smarter every single week. Man, I love this show. <clears throat> just getting started. Week seven, it's hard to believe that we are here, but with all that being said, there's only one thing left to do, and I believe you all know what that is. You've got your marching orders. Let's take all of these Week 7 NFL tickets to rate to the pay window. For my entire crew, love them all. The stoic one, R.J. White. 
my man, the maestro, Larry Harstein, the snake making the show look like a million bucks every single day. I am simply the coach trying to keep this train on said track. Thank you all for finding us, taking the time out of your day. Pay it forward. Be kind to one another and bring all your friends. We want everybody. The water's warm. We grind for you so we can win with you. It's truly what we're all about right here at the Early Edge. Good luck.